positions and the use of those uh, positions. And so if I think about that and then I evaluate my own life, then probably um, I'm very selfish. Um, I'm very self-orientated in uh, what I spend my time on or how I view time. Um, I'm very much selfish in uh, securing my own comfort, safety, security, future in terms of wealth um, and finances, possessions. And so I have been challenged on a few things. And so the first one is that, you know, well, it's probably not mine in any case. Um, I mean, it is all God's. And so some scriptures for that, uh, or just why I realized this just once again is, you know, Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so feeling that, you know, perhaps my heart is shifted a little bit away from God's heart, um, you know, when I look at where do these valuable resources focus on, then surely that really struck me uh, uh, quite hard. And so let's reposition our hearts. Okay? Psalm 24 verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. And so sure, it's not my time, it's not my money, my gifts, possessions, even not my life. You know, it all belongs to God. Second thing is that I'm made in God's image. And so Genesis 1, and, um, and He is a generous God. I mean, God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing, Ephesians 1. God has lavished His grace upon us, Ephesians 1, 7. God richly provides all things for us to enjoy, 1 Timothy 6. Our Father gives good things to those who ask, Matthew 7. Our Father graciously gives us all things, not withholding anything, including His Son. And so it is all His, and He is generous. And we are not the owners. And so when we think more about this ownership rather than stewardship, then we become selfish. You don't want to share with others. You become proud and not realizing that all we have is a gift from God. We also become ungrateful, focusing more on what we do not have rather than being thankful for what we do have. And we become short-sighted and think more of this life than the life to come. And so this all leads to really bad stewarding, uh, stewarding um, and not being a good and faithful steward. And so... As the parable of uh, the talents, as well as the authority that God placed on us in Genesis, um, it is not ours, it is His, even our life is His, and we should steward it well. And if it is not ours, and we are comfortable with the fact that we are stewards, then we should probably ask the owner <laughs> what you should do. And so, Isaiah 30, 21, thinking about asking uh, the owner, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. 
And so there's the tension, the struggle, the faith, and the trust in God. That'll build and grow as we walk this out, and so don't fear. But it's hard to open up that hand and let go, or open the hand to give, or open your schedule to set it aside and go. Go when God whispers. Give when God whispers. And so how much should we give? Everything. (laughs) But especially that one thing. So Mark 12, uh, 44 says, They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty or her lack, put in everything, all she had to live on. And Mark 10, 21, Jesus, looking at the man, felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come, follow me. So, what do you still have? What time do you still have that you still need to give to God? Like this woman, it might just be a little bit, or it might be everything you have. But where do you need to reposition yourself? So what is that one thing? There is still one thing you haven't done. Jesus tells you. Go and give blank. Go and do blank. Go and spend some time with blank. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me onto the next, into deeper relationship, trust, and faith. So opening up your hand when God asks you, will surely stretch you. It'll test your heart and it'll require you to give up some control and place your faith and trust in God. But God is faithful, He's loving, and He takes care of His children and His ways are above our ways of understanding. And so that's my challenge. Whether it's everything or just that one thing, what is God placing on your heart to do? To trust Him for when you are holding on to that thing that you all dear, instead of allowing God to use you. So let me pray. Father, it all belongs to you, our time, the resources you gift and bless us with, our talents, our abilities, even when we have grace for others, Lord. Father, it's all thanks to you. And Father, I ask that you position our hearts back in line with yours, Father, may our ears be open to when you whisper. May our eyes be open to see the needs that you point out to us. And Father, may our hearts, our hands, our bodies, our wallets, and our calendars be flexible and willing to submit to when you ask, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this challenge, but more so for this journey of taking us deeper into faith with you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, yeah, that's very good. Hey? You know, the, the, um, the spirit of this world in regards to finances is the reaction is always complaining. Look, you can go anywhere in South Africa, you'll turn to the left, turn to the right, and someone will be complaining about some financial situation. If I would throw out today and I go like, okay, guys, let's close our eyes. Let's just let the spirit of God move and let me... Let, let's be vulnerable here. 
Who here is in need of more finances? I tell you, I'll get a killing. <laughs> right? But what he said now really to strike me at this moment as the first response of thankfulness for what we have. Now, I think <laughs> our natural tendency is to focus on what we don't have and the lack that we don't have instead of the thankfulness. And I think a response of faith today will be one to acknowledge that we have. It's one to acknowledge that we are blessed. And it would be one to be thankful, right? I think it will be much easier to give in any way if we change our hearts to that of thankfulness than just one of complaining and one of lack, right? So I want this, I'm just, I'm going to ask us, I want a couple of prayers out of the congregation. Uh, um, someone, someone out of their 20s, someone out of their 30s, here it becomes contentious from here on. <laughs> uh, 40s, let's stop at the 50s, all right. And then, um, and then, and above. So we'll, we'll, uh, I want to uh, quickly, just as, as I see, um, Kursen Tani Trida here. I don't know, I don't want to guess your age now. I've never, but the, 35, right? So, so I, I, I hope, I hope when you, you turn their age that whoever you are in this meeting, can, can run half the pace that these guys are running for Jesus. So, was it last Sunday that you guys were in Worcester? Last Sunday, um, Martinez and LaSalle ministered in Worcester, and they took a co community with them, and of course, Tani Trader went with them. In the church there, there's a, there's a couple that they've actually identified as great leadership on them. They actually think that there's eldership potential on them. But just in the process of trying to work things together and working together, they've actually started to lose that couple's heart. And, and, and in some ways, the, the, the leaders was afraid that they're going to lose that couple um, completely, even though all the potential that there is and so on. So um, the, the community with Martinez and the Cell went there the Saturday evening to sleep over, spend time with the people, and then the Sunday they minister. They didn't know they made this big mistake, and they put course and trader <laughs> with this couple to sleep over that Saturday night there. Just nothing, just like, just sleep over there. So, so, so the elder, the lead elder, let me know. He said, listen here, I don't know, I don't know what happened, all right? <laughs> I don't know what happened, but when they, that couple came Sunday morning to church, it was a different couple. <laughs> One night, <laughs> with course and trader. <laughs> you know, running with so much passion and joy and just without fuss for Jesus. Look, I mean, what's your excuse, right? So, I want us, if we can, if we can quickly, just a, a prayer of thankfulness. Oh, thankfulness for what we have, yeah. right? So a couple of guys, 20, 30. 
Because <laughs> 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 the guys are running away now. I mean, it's like... Someone in their 30s. 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 40 year old. All right, all right, all right. And above. <laughs> wow, it seems like a greater. Let's be thankful for our age, guys. <laughs> Yen. <laughs> Hey! <laughs> Would never say, really. But thankful. Yeah, thank you for the for the blessing of being young. Um, thank you. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Lord, um, just for, for what you can teach us, um, for what we can learn from the people around us. Thank you for the, for the blessing of, in many senses, working with finances for the first time. Um, thank you for the blessing of, of learning to take responsibility. Um, yeah, just thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you teach us. Um, thank you that we can have the hum humility to make mistakes. Um, thank you that we can ask you for wisdom. Um, I just, yeah, Father, I'm just really thankful for the opportunity that no matter whether, we, whether we're young, working, or students, or trying to figure life out, um, that you are faithful. And just thank you for the learning curve that this is, um, and that, that you are faithful in it, that we don't need to pretend um, to know things that we don't know, um, and that we can journey with you in this new season of working with finances many times for the first time. And just also thank you that we can trust you, that when we get for the first time in our lives many times what is our own, that we can be able to give it away. Um, just, yeah, thank you for who you are in this, Jesus, that you are also understanding many times of our immaturity or, or lack of wisdom in certain situations. And just thank you for being faithful in it, Jesus. Amen. Yeah, Father, thank you for being kind of young, I guess, kind of, um, yeah, us in our 30s, and Father, we just thank you for family, thank you for the, for the, for the building blocks we have in our 30s, um, that we have the chaos of family, generally the chaos of young, young ones that um, can run riots in our lives, and what a blessing they are to us, Lord. Uh, yeah, we thank you for the building blocks of businesses. We're building blocks of, of, of yeah, of, of cultures, of, of family cultures. Of, um, and we just thank you for not only happiness. I don't want to be happy. I want to be joyful, Lord. And we just thank you for that. Thank you for not the worldly happiness, but this this uh, higher power connection of joyfulness. That the Lord of the you know, the joy of the Lord is, is is our strength, and not and, and not not relying on happiness and, and the godly. And that speaks so so strongly to family values, Lord, but that speaks so strongly to, to, to financial values. And we just thank you, Lord, for all the blessings you have upon our lives. And um, yeah, sometimes we can feel like we're in the trenches there with the kids, fighting away, fighting with the businesses, 
And um, just always understanding that, that, that your joy is what the ultimate price is, Lord, that you raise in family and raise in young businesses to ultimately touch so many other people's lives, Lord. And we just thank you so much for the opportunity that we have and all the people's lives that we can touch, Lord. Yeah, in your name. Jesus, I might not be young, but thank you for health. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> thankful for health. But Jesus, I thank you that you're so lavish and so generous in the way that you've first given yourself to us by dying on a cross, Jesus. That was your, your, uh, the most lavish thing and the most generous thing you could have ever done for us. So I thank you for that, Jesus. And I thank you, God, for finance. I thank you for the little bit that we have. I thank you for some of us might have more. But we thank you, Jesus, that every good and perfect gift comes from you. Um, and Father, I really just, it was so significant for me this morning when um, Lucas said, it's that, that thing of stewardship rather than ownership. And I pray, God, that we'll be people, that our hands will be open, that we will be generous, that we'll be sensitive to your spirit in the way that we give, and that we will be lavish givers in the same way that you've given of yourself to us in Jesus' name. I mean, yes, Father, um, thank you that we can... Uh, firstly, I just want to say that um, through all the years that you've always shown yourself faithful. Yeah. And, and Lord, even, um, yes, as we, we just, um, as we stretch ourselves out um, to serve you and to just walk with you and giving ourselves as a living sacrifice, um, Lord, you said, uh, do not worry um, what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear, um, yeah. but seek first the kingdom. And you have shown yourself faithful. Um, thank you, Lord. Even when we thought, um, when sometimes you think um, you're going to lack in this area or that area, that, that you always made a way. And we just want to thank you for that, Lord. Thank you that you are faithful and, and that you are true and that you are just. And we just want to honor you for that, Lord. Amen. All right. Now. The, the last thing before we preach, this is, a, this is a very exciting thing for me, a really, really exciting thing for me. Where is he now? <laughs> Ruan? You can come to So, um, for those of you that are not, he's uh, fairly young with us, so Ruan is one of our elders. Um, and um, a, a couple of months ago, Ron, after um, he had long COVID, it certain effects on him and affected him emotionally and, and physically. And uh, at that stage, we decided in just speaking of some outside people, considering within ourselves, praying together, um, that it will be good for him not to step down as an elder, but to step aside for a while, to, to put it on pause to take no responsibility on him as, um, as an elder, and uh, um, just for him to, to fully have no pressure as he restores and heals in that area. And um, I think in this couple of months, um, I think it actually may be a little bit longer than what we initially expected as, you know, there was layer of layer unfolding and all those type of things. But um, I'm going to let him share now. But um, we, we, do, we do, in speaking with him, um, we do feel like it is now time to, to reinstate or to bring him back. And uh, um, 
yeah, we 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 not we gonna ease it in. <laughs> so we're not gonna we're gonna allow him to feel his way forward in in what he feels he can handle at this moment and so on. But he is getting back into the saddle. It might be just trotting initially, um, but he is back. And uh, um, yeah, so we just maybe share. Yeah, thanks, Kala. Um, yeah, it's very exciting for me just to, um, to really feel actually this last while, just how God's hand is sort of like pushing me into, into these sort of things again. Um, yeah, just as Kala mentioned, I think there are quite a few people that weren't here when I shared the beginning of the year. So had COVID last year, sort of as the year went on, um, just the effects of it started becoming more and more intense in my body. And then on an emotional level, actually also um, started struggling with anxiety and it leading to much deeper sort of emotional sort of things. And then in December, got diagnosed with depression. Um, starting off the year, feeling good after some rest. And then in beginning of February, I had a, had a breakdown. And then it's sort of during that time that we had these chats and um, you know, just decided to take a bit of a break of things. And um, yeah, you know, it's just been incredible. I think just the the people that God has sent along the way, um, like in all the different aspects, being able to deal with it physically, emotionally, um, and then just with I think specific people in the congregation, but in just in general and in, in walking with you guys, it's been incredible. Um, and yeah, you know, so it started off initially. We we spoke about a month, and then um, I told Kala, I think forty days maybe. Um, and then, yeah, just the, the week after, after I shared with you guys, um, just chatting to the psychologist and the doctor, um, decided that I'm going to go on to antidepressants. Um, and the first few weeks just of that, the body, like, adapting, it was, it was difficult. It was physically difficult with work and everything like that. Um, and then coming to the 40 days that I thought I'm going to come back on and, and run again, um, it was still very tough. Um, I think especially over weekends, I would have really lo- like big lows again. Um, and yeah, I think that, that threw me overall just in like, oh, come on, I, I want to run for God. I want to just go at things. Um, never did I think I would struggle with these, these sort of stuff. Um, and then just chatting to the doctors and stuff again, they actually had to double my dosage um, of antidepressants during that time. Uh, and just, you know, I think during that time, just bringing my heart to God as well. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Um, and it, it really feels in, in, in 1 Peter, it's, it speaks about how the various trials um, prove the genuineness of our faith. Um, and, and I think like something like this and whatever form of suffering any of us go through, it, it really challenges um, the things that we say we believe. Um, and... I think what's, what's been really cool for me is just seeing like, what anchors can actually be in a, in a time like this, where it's like you really don't experience like this warm, fuzzy sort of feelings with God, and you don't have a lot of energy, and my capacity for people is low, um, but just deciding that the word is truth. Um, and you know, I'm so thankful even just Stuart and his reminder um, for me with that to to really not allow the enemy to come and, and, and speak things that are contrary to the word. Because I think you're, you're deeply challenged in those lows um, with things like that. Um, so I think the, the anchor of the word and then also just the anchor of the church has been incredible for me. I think like there's, um, when your capacity is low and whatever, it's, it's easy to just withdraw and, and sort of do your own thing. 
Um, but I decided that, like, as far as possible to, to really still be involved, to give myself to community. And it's awkward. I mean, I shared with the church where I'm at. It's awkward to know that everyone knows how things are going. And there's pressure that I place on myself that it should be going better. And then when someone asks, I'm like, shucks, it's, it's actually not that, that much better. Um, but just seeing the beauty of, of church and the beauty of the support that I've gotten, yeah, I'm really, really thankful for all of you guys in that. Um, so, yeah, I think just this last while, there's definitely been um, like a, a new Levens list that has been restored. And just it just feels like there's something God has been doing in my heart and um, things have stabilized quite a bit. It's not... Like, I don't feel that I'm coming in confident and running. It, it does feel like I'm coming in with a limp um, and, and slightly nervous. Um, but I do have faith uh, for, for I think, the things that God wants to do. And I think more than ever, my heart really is for the kingdom and for you guys as well. Um, yeah, so I'm excited for what lies there. Maybe, maybe if you can, uh, <laughs> so if, if we can, let's just stretch out our hands, you know. Um. Oh, Jesus, we, uh, we all are on this journey to come and discover that your grace is sufficient. Yeah. And Father, that which we bring to the table, uh, whatever we thought and however significant we thought it is, has proven itself, Father, as worthless in compared to your spirit and to your grace. Lord, and we're all on this journey of discovering that, Lord Jesus. And Father, we pray now um, for Ruan. Father, I think uh, there were times in his life that he could say, I can do this. But this is not the time, Lord. Father, all that we stand on now is that, God, you can do this. We rely on you. And we hang on you, Father. Father, we thank you that um, you didn't just put him on a pause. You didn't just take him out of the game, Father. But you have worked the work in his heart, Father, to establish his faith, Father, and root him deeper in the dependency of you, Father. Father, I pray as an elder that's going to refunction, Father, Lord, that what will come out of him, Father, is not merely the strength of ruin <laughs> or the goodness of ruin, Father. But, Father, the grace of Jesus, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord Jesus, I pray this for the congregation as he is uh, representing leadership, as he is here, Lord, representing eldership, Father, that something of a new dependency on you will break over this congregation in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, and then secondly, Father, I pray for a, a lifting of heaviness, of every person in this congregation will be broken in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for a greater ability to be transparent about it, to be real about it, to be honest about it, Father, but to contend for victory in this area, Father. We pray for much joy, as been prayed already, much joy, Father, to be released in this congregation as we learn to be dependent on you. We praise you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Guys, now we're going to do the preaching. <laughs>
Skulk, if you can come to the front. Oh, I love this guy a lot. You, you, you don't know why, but you will soon discover why, all right? He's a, um, <laughs> he's a, he's a real, real gift and a real, real blessing um, in the area of, well, in lots of areas, but we're going to, he's going to teach us a little bit on worship today, and uh, yeah, go for it. Hello. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Let's try again. <laughs> morning, morning. It's such a privilege to, to be here. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying. I see. Uh, that's why everyone, everyone thinks you're an angel, you know, Kala. <laughs> you know, you stand here in the sun. Um, Yo, uh, it's such a privilege to be here. My wife is there at the back with the two babies. She's doing a diaper, not here, in there at the back. It would be awkward to do a diaper here in the back. <laughs> um, but she is here. And, uh, um, with, w again, it's just such a privilege for us to, to be able to, to be here. Um, and that you guys open up your hearts to, to receive from us. Um, I am from Wellington. I am, for those of you that don't know, from Wellington. I know Kala... Um, from Bible school years, I think Kala was actually still the dean of the Bible school in that time when I was a, a student, and then five years before I arrived uh, at the, the at TMT, that's where these guys were from. My wife was actually a student there, um, and uh, yeah, so we we know Kala and Aku. We've been knowing them, and, and it's just again such a privilege to run with them. Um, but I have, a, I have a couple of things on my heart. But before we do that, because you guys listened now to quite a lot of things, I felt like one could say amen now in the end of everything and, and uh, go home almost. But uh, you can stand up quickly, just where you are. Let's quickly just pray. Jesus, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to reveal your son this morning. Jesus, that you would be revealed to every heart. God, every heart that is maybe in a good place and every heart that, that feels like um, it's aware of the chaos that surrounds it, I pray, Jesus, would you be revealed. Be revealed, Holy Spirit. Would you come and show your son to us? We don't want to walk out here not, not knowing you, Jesus, not seeing you, Jesus. We... We want to know you. We desire more of you. And just in your own words, just say that, Lord, I, we desire more of you. Just say that. I want to hear you. I want you to say it uh, uh, loudly this morning. Lord, we desire more of you. We want more of you, Jesus. We want more of you, Jesus. Just say that. We want more of you, Jesus. We want more of you, Jesus. We want to see you this morning, Lord, every heart. God, and I'm not just praying it for, for the adults here. I pray it for every child in this congregation. May Jesus be revealed to every heart, Lord. To every heart. To every heart. Um, just before I'm, I'm going to start, I, I, I felt this, just this chorusy. Um, and, and it says, um, it says, you must increase, you must increase. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. 
And uh, I just, I want to quickly sing it to you. And if, as I sing it, uh, would you just come with me in faith? Like, just join in this chorus and, and, and just bring your heart before him. Just before I'm going to share. doesn't help we speak about worship, but we don't worship. <laughs> um, but um, it goes like this. You must increase, you must increase, yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, oh you must increase, you must increase, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory, oh, you must increase, you must increase. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, just sing that out, oh, and you must increase, you must increase. Yours is the kingdom, your sister, oh, every voice, oh, you must increase, you must increase. Yours is the kingdom, your sister, glory, oh, you must you must increase yours is the kingdom yours is the we can you lift your hands and you must increase. come on jesus you must increase yours is the kingdom your sister on every voice oh you must increase you must increase your sister kingdom your sisters one more time every voice oh you must increase you must increase Yours is the kingdom, yours is the, one last time we sing it out. You must increase, you must increase. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory. Oh Jesus, I pray for every heart, Lord, that um, God, that we would go low before you, Jesus. Oh Lord, King of King of the Surf, <laughs> King of all kings, name above all names. I pray in every heart would you restore the wonder, Jesus, of, of your son, that we will see you for who you are this morning. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I want to echo that John what John the Baptist said and when say, Lord, we must decrease and you must increase, Jesus. But you receive your glory this morning, God. May you receive your glory, that which you deserve, Lord, that which um, belongs to you, God. We give it to you in Jesus' name. We praise you, Lord. 
Would you just say that? We praise you, Jesus. We bless you, God. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Worthy of all of it, Jesus. Worthy of all of it, Lord. Worthy of all it, Lord. Worthy of all praise, all glory, all honor. It belongs to you, Jesus. Oh, and you must Oh, you must increase. You must increase. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Jesus. <laughs> Be revealed. Amen. You can quickly take a seat. I feel like we could have gone from there. <laughs> Um, I would never forget it before my wife and I was married um, or even before we dated I actually came to a Stanimo's AM service you were still in the old building and Kala started that, that service by making this statement and at that time this was not a season that I found myself in at all you're going to hear now but he started the service by saying the following he said I just want to tell all the parents this morning, that you can find Jesus. And that stuck with me all, like now being a parent, now it makes sense. <laughs> um, we're having two, we have two children, but, but still there was, I remember the morning when he said it, there was so much faith in the room and I just realized uh, what I actually want to say to you this morning. Because I know there's different circumstances here and, and different people from different places and uh, maybe there's a, a, a to measure of busyness that you face. But I want to say, whether you're a parent, whether you're single, whether you're a student, whether you have a tough job situation, whatever it is, I want to tell you this morning, it's possible for you to find Jesus. It is. And contrary, He invites every heart in this place to see Him. Every heart. Every heart. And I'm so thankful for that. His blood made a way for us to see and come to Him. Um, yes. Um, two things before I'm going to jump into worship that I felt. Is first thing, uh, while we were singing, I was reminded of the story. And maybe some of you have heard this before, but uh, I worked at a public high school for six years. And um, we organized these Christian preaching sessions. And there's an elder in Josh Jane called Fritz van Heerden. He's in the Paul congregation. And um, he's also an old rugby player, and we were in one of those rugby schools. Um, and, you know, obviously get the ex-old Springbok rugby player in to come and give his testimony. So he's there, and he teaches, and it's just boys, okay? It's high school boys, most of them in the hostel. And I would never forget it. In the end of it, he opens up for question and answer. And this one boy puts up his hand, and he stands up, and he says, I just want to hear from you. I have a friend that smokes. Now, all of us at that moment knew that was the boy that was smoking, okay? And, and all, the, all the boys in, in that session also knew, hey, you're speaking about yourself here. And he says, I, you know, I have a friend that smokes, and I, I just want to hear from you. How, how can he stop smoking? 
And I thought to myself, oh, you know, I wonder what, what Fritz is going to say now. And, and to a certain extent, I actually expected a church answer in that moment in the sense of, you know, be in accountability, um, make sure you have people that pray for you, you know, like all these things. And for a moment, he, he, there was silence, and he gave an answer that actually in that moment was just so profound. I, was, I didn't expect it. And he said the following thing. He said, um, you know what you do? You find something better. And I was like, what? Like, I don't expect Fritz, if you know Fritz. <laughs> I don't expect Fritz to give that an answer. And I, I want to, I just felt there's, there's some of you um, that you, you've, yeah, that actually the, what the Lord wants to speak to you this morning is that He is better. That He's the better way. That He's the better one. <laughs> um, and that, again, that He's inviting you to see Him. And the second thing, just a word for you guys as a congregation that I felt is um, I prayed and I, I saw this, I think it's um, um, Prince, is it oh, Prince, King Arthur, not Prince Arthur, King Arthur. I think the story is connected to him with the sword in the stone. Eh? Am I right? Some of you are like, yes. Um, and obviously that got some people to try and come and, the, 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 the tale goes like this, you know, people came and tried to, to pull out the sword and this weapon and then the one that pulled it out, I don't know, I think the tale goes like this, you know, that, that person is the king or the, 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 the promised king. Um, and obviously King Arthur came, pulled it out. And I, I saw this picture while I'm praying for you guys and I felt like, Lord, what are you saying? And I felt two things out of that. I felt firstly like the Lord wants to add momentum to you guys as a congregation. And part of that is that he is actually calling some of you to pick up your sword, swords that you've been laying down in, in a past season. Now, I do think the sword in this sense represent gifting. And I felt like he, he's calling some of you to, to give yourself to this body in a, in a measure and extent that you, you, you not normally give yourself or you're not normally so involved. I just felt like there's, there's an invitation from the Lord's heart for you guys. And that's part of the momentum that He actually wants to add to you as a congregation. Um, I, I felt like gifts He wants to activate. Um, and that, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's futures leader, future leaders in this group sitting here. Um, there's worship leaders sitting in this group here in front of me. There's, um, I know there's uh, prophetic people sitting here. There's evangelists sitting here. And then He wants to come and activate. And would you come and do that, Jesus? Amen. Awesome. Okay. So what I, uh, I'm going to speak on this morning is actually worship. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm actually not going to be too long because I don't think I have uh, until when do you guys go. I, I started at 10. You, you preached the eternal. Mervis <laughs> went for three hours. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give Merv a challenge. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, I want to I wanna speak on, on worship. Um, but I want to I wanna take you to two pictures of worship that you're going to stand now. And some of you that, that are in the, the worship circles or part of the worship team, you must probably, what I'm going to say is not necessarily going to be new to you. But maybe a reminder to you. Okay. And I think it's often good. If you read through the Psalms, you, you often see David writing, remember. Okay. 
And it seems like Israel, they were, they were professionals in forgetting. And um, <laughs> with my two children, I've realized I'm also a professional in forgetting things. You can ask my wife. Um, but may, 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 may it be a reminder to you. Now, I want to I just start off here by saying this, that I believe all of us here sitting here, each one of us, you were created to worship. It's in your DNA. It's the way that you've, you've been um, placed together, created. The fact that you are created makes you a worshiper. When he spoke you into being, okay, and, and we see uh, there specifically in Genesis 1 to, to 3, or maybe let, I'm going to take you to Genesis 2 verse 7. Genesis 2 verse 7. I want you to, to quickly see here, this is, this is where it began for us. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. You see, interesting, um, I always say this, but you know, you're a combination of dust and his breath. You actually brought nothing to the party. <laughs> it's God's breath and, and dust. That's us, okay? But the very fact that he used his breath to spoke us and to create us into being makes you and places us in a unique position. We are created. And in that, that very fact contains this, that we will always be dependent on Him. The fact that you are created. I love how Oswald Chambers said, he's a, a, a classic Christian writer. He, he said the following, he said, worship has given God the best that He has given you. He takes this picture of, you know, our worship is a response to Jesus. It's a response to the fact that you and I are created by Him. He gave His breath, and now our life is a response to Him. The cross, our life is a response to that. I often sit with people and say, I struggle to worship God because, you know, He's not doing this or this, and I've prayed for this. Well, He died on the cross, and He's resurrected, and that gives you reason to worship Him forever. Worship is giving God the best that He has given you. I always use this example of my little, of my daughter, Emma Joy. I love her so much. Um, when, I know this is going to still happen, but when it's my birthday one day, because it happened to me. When I was in primary school, I went to my mom and I told my mom, hey, mommy, I want to buy you a present for your birthday. Obviously, I don't have my own bank account because I'm seven, eight years old, six and then she gives me 50 rand, and I go to Willie's, and I can buy her slippers, and she got slippers every year, okay? But obviously, when I bring that gift, she's like, ha, ah, she's so surprised, you know? Like, wow, I didn't expect that you will give me a gift, but obviously, she, <laughs> she knew. Um, and very much often, worship is like that. He loved us first, so now we can love Him. We're so dependent on Him. So dependent on Him. Worship is giving God the best that He has given you. Amen? Um, so I have this question. What sustains our worship? Why do we worship? Why do we come together like this? Why do we sing songs? Why must we work with our finances in a godly way? Why must we, you know, why do we pray? Why do we do all these things? Why do we worship? What sustains our worship? And I want to 
quickly take you to two pictures, okay? And the first one is in uh, Revelation 4. Now, I know for most of you, you must probably stay out of the book of Revelation. <laughs> um, and it's just weird for you. But there is this picture in Revelation 4. We see worship playing off in heaven. There's this throne, and, and it's surrounded by um, heavenly creatures and the elders. Um, and we, we have this picture of a, a Jesus being radiant, and being on his a throne. And in the middle of that, we, we see the, you know, the, the, um, the, the creatures crying out. They say, they use this term, holy, holy, holy. And often we use it in our worship songs. Né? So they, they say, holy, holy, holy. And then it, it says, actually, the elders would fall before them. Okay? And they, will, they have crowns on their heads. And the, and the word says, they cast their crowns before him. And that's, this is where we're going to go on at Revelation 4 verse 11. And they say the following. These elders, when they cast their crowns, they say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. So why is this piece of Scripture important? You see two things happening here. You know, here Jesus is on the throne. If, if that had to happen here, visibly in front of you this morning, there's suddenly a throne, Jesus on it, he's seated, he's radiant. All of us was probably here will not listen to my preach, okay? Uh, we will be on our faces before that throne, and that is that. <laughs> no one has to say anything. <laughs> and I can just imagine that scene in heaven when they see him. But the, there's one thing that we see in heaven, a pattern that is very important for us. You see, they behold him, and then they proclaim who he is. They behold him, and they proclaim who he is. They look at him and say, holy, 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 there is no one like you. The elders say, worthy, worthy, worthy. If you think of the word worthiness, I often think of a scale, okay? And in South Africa, the most probably the easiest picture to use is a justice scale. And what I mean with that is, you know, there's a crime, and then we, we try and find a, a punishment that will equal that scale, you know, equal the punishment. And it's similar with when it comes to the worthiness of Christ. Think of a, of a scale. Now, if, if Christ is here, is there anything that can be equal to him? No, there's nothing. <laughs> and that's why we say worthy, worthy, worthy. There's no one like you, God. No one like you, God. So there's a looking, a seeing, and proclaiming. You're invited to know him. That seeing, yes, obviously for them it was a visible seeing here. I mean, we can't, can't deny it. But you and I, we have this unique opportunity that we invited in to know him through Scripture. Through hearing his voice. And our seeing is a little bit different, but yet there's still a seeing. If I read about the goodness of God and I see David proclaim, Lord, you know, you're worthy of all the worship of all the nations, you know, then there's something in my heart that goes like, yo, Jesus, this is who you are. You are worthy. You see, there's a seeing that all of us are invited into. Does it make sense? You're also with me. Oh, you're also with me. Yes, okay. Awesome. Colin, I'm still making sense. You must jump in, eh? If you think I'm not making sense. <laughs> um, and it's so uh, beautiful. Uh, I, I, I want to say this. Our response should flow from an overflow of meditating on Him, knowing Him, 
knowing Him. Knowing Him. I love this. Psalm 145 verse 3. You don't have that, so don't worry. It says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. His greatness no one can fathom. I love that. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. If you don't know He's great, you must probably not going to worship Him greatly. You see that. Great is the Lord. That is who you are. That is truth. My response, greatly to be praised. It's beautiful. So what sustains our worship? The knowledge of Jesus. <laughs> to know Him. To know Jesus. To know Him. So that's the picture of heaven. But I want to take you to a picture of worship on earth. On earth. And it's also most probably a, a book that not a lot of you spend time in. Job 1 verse 20 to 22. If you're Afrikaans like me, you often say Job 1 verse 20 to 22. You're, I'm, I'm not going to go into detail with your story, but most of you would know. It's interesting now with our little Emma Joy, we read Bible books, and I suddenly realize how, um, how vicious some of the Bible stories are. <laughs> like, this king died, Emma. Um, he lost everything. Um, it's, yeah. Um, but a judge, uh, Job, most of you know the story. I mean, everything was taken away from him. And uh, often it's a book that people go to when they're going through a rough time, you know. Um, but I, I want to ask you, how would you react? If I had to be honest, if everything is taken away from me, even my wife and my kids, I most probably would struggle to worship. Is it just me? Okay. Let's be honest. I would struggle. But just read this. 1 verse 20 to 22. Then Job, this after all, everything was taken away. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and did what? And worshipped. Yo. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I'm so glad we don't have to tore our robes anymore, shave our heads. <laughs> I'm glad about that part. <laughs> but his response in a moment of despair, where everything is going against, you know, what numerous probably hoping it will go like. His response is to what? To fall before God and worship. You see, we had a picture of people clearly seeing. And then we have a picture of someone that's struggling to see. But as Ruan Spee said this morning, the truth is, he is God. And he's worthy of our worship. You know, you and I have a unique opportunity. And it's only here when we're alive. Okay? <laughs> that we have a choice to worship him. In heaven, you're not going to have a choice. You're going to fall down before him and you're going to worship. It will be the most natural thing. But here on earth, you will always have an opportunity to either worship Him or not worship Him. I remember uh, bringing all my color stories out, actually not because color is here, um, but uh, I remember color preached at um, Wellington one Sunday, and he read this story. It was so beautiful. Out of a book that I'm probably not going to mention now. It's a very dodgy book. <laughs> I'm joking. 
Um, but it's uh, about a guy that had a vision, okay? <laughs> he had a, a vision, and I, I will almost probably get the facts of the story wrong. Um, but uh, he, had, he, he was in heaven, and, you know, he, there was a commotion, and it's almost like, you know, he, uh, the, the, it's like the Father was silencing everyone in heaven. Um, am I wrong? Yes. Am I right? Yes, I'm right. Okay. So he's silencing everyone in heaven. And it's like, can you hear it? Can you hear it? Can you hear it? And it's like the Father goes down and, you know, um, listen to a, a sound. And if I'm right, he started weeping as he heard this sound. You know, and, and this guy is like witnessing the scene. And, and the next moment he goes to this little church. I mean, it's, it was probably a smaller church than this. And that's uh, not a beautiful church. It's like whatever, like 20 people less. It's like broken people. I don't know. I don't know if he was very specific about that. But he said these group of people were worshiping. And it wasn't necessarily a beautiful sound. <laughs> they were you know, pressing in and giving their best in that moment, but it wasn't necessarily, you know, like big worship, you know. But there was something of that sound that moved the heart of God, that moved the heart of God. Why? Because here on earth, we have the choice. Are we going to worship Him or not? Are you going to worship Him or not? Are you going to worship Him? Or not? There's this invitation for each one of us. Each one of us. Each one of us. I love how Francis Chan says it. He says, because um, if, you, if you see the story of Job and you, and you see the story of, of worship in heaven, that the thing that both of these stories have in common is that we worship, as I said, Nana, because he is worthy. He is worthy. That sustains our worship. That is the reason we will worship forever and ever and ever. Just if you go back to that scene in heaven, um, they could have said anything in that moment to describe God. They could have said, you know, God, you are like this and this and this and this and this and this. But what did they choose? Holy, holy, holy. Worthy, worthy, worthy. sustains our worship. I love how Francis Chan says it. He says, isn't it comfort to worship a God we cannot exaggerate? <laughs> There's nothing that you can say or sing that will be like, okay, that was now enough. Okay, we're done with our worship. We've reached, we've reached the, the end of it. We've said what we had to say, and that is that. Um, Spurgeon actually had this thing. He says, um, uh, I'm obviously not quoting it word for word, but he said the word waste is irrelevant in the context of God. <laughs> Why? Because can't, we can't waste our time with Him. You can't waste your song on Him. You can't waste pouring your love out on Him. You will always be worthy of that. It's always a good idea to worship. Always, 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 always. <laughs> I want to take you to one last story and then we're actually going to worship. Are you guys still with me? And it's a, it's a story that I know Mervis loves very much, but I also love it very much. I loved it before he loved it. <laughs> I told him. <laughs> I told him. 
Um, <laughs> it is the, the, the story of Mary of Bethany. And uh, I want to take you quickly to John 12, verse 3. 12, verse 3. Did I not give that to you? It's fine. I have it here. Most of you, I know, have excellent memories, so you will know John 12, verse 3. It goes like this. It says, Then Mary took about a pint of pure spikenard. I think that's how I said it in English, spikenard. An expensive perfume. She poured it out on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So here we have the picture of Mary of, of Bethany that came into this room. Jesus was reclining, was sitting there, and she burst into this room, and she brought a very expensive perfume, okay? She brought it, and she broke it, broke it over Jesus. Um, she went as far to wash his feet with her hair. I don't know whom of you have had experience like this the past week. Um, but... Uh, she came, used her hair, washed his feet. Now, I want to firstly just say this. Oh, did you have extra color? You're smiling. Oh, Sakura. Oh, okay. I have a story about Sakura. I'm not sure if I must tell it now. I remember I was at a community at Kala, Naku's house. And we were dipping um, rusks in our coffee. And, and Sakura saw that. And the next day, Naku sent me a message. I just want to tell you, I found Sakura dipping rusks in the, in the, the um, emmer where you wash the, the floor, that water, and eating it. But anyways, I remember. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> different children, different things. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, our little Emma is, um, sorry, I'm, I'm going to go on now, but our, Emma, our little Emma is so cute because uh, my wife and I, we lead worship quite a lot, so obviously we expose her in leading worship, but we realize, obviously, she's two years old. She doesn't have understanding of what she's doing, but she would copy all the movements we do in worship, so we find her in our house in front of the, you know, if Ingrid plays worship, just standing like that. For four to five minutes. And then we're like, yo, this. <laughs> it looks so cute. I'm not sure if it's real, but it's so cute. She even like, she opens her eyes. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, so this story of Mary. I, wanna, I quickly just want to give you context of the perfume that she used. Now, I know most of you know this because many preachers say about it, especially Merv. He would say, um, you know, this, this perfume was obviously equal to one year's salary that she brought. It was a very expensive perfume. I want to give you a little bit more context. This perfume wasn't usually found in normal people's house. It was owned by kings and nobles. But there were knockoffs, imitations, okay, that existed. Some, something that smells similar but isn't the real thing. I, we actually, you know, some of you use that type of perfume. <laughs> I, have a, I have a friend that sells perfume and he knows it's fake. <laughs> it smells a little bit like cat, cat pee-pee, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, toilet spray. But anyways, um, 
But the Bible actually used the specific word there that, that tells us it's not a knockoff. This is the real thing. Now, with make it, made it so expensive, it had to go come all the way from India. The whole process is they had to take grass and they had to squeeze, you know, a, a type of juice out of the grass. And it, it was like a whole process. And then it had to, obviously, um, and it had to travel all the way there. And, and as it got there, the, the exp- it was just so expensive and rare. And then you have Mary that had this perfume. And now that baffled me a little bit. How did she afford it? How did she afford it? And I, I went and I did a little bit of research. I know Saki is very, you know, I learned it from Saki to do research. Thank you, Saki. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but I went and I did a little bit of research. And I saw, although there's a little bit of disagreement about it, it seems like the logical conclusion is that Mary had to sell things to buy this perfume. She had to go and sell things out of her household to be able to afford this perfume, take it to Jesus, and in one moment, break it and it's gone. Why did she do that? When she walked into that room, that room, there were people in that room. Why was she the only one that did that? Because she saw the worth of Jesus. In a room filled with people that, that didn't respond the same way. But she knew this one here, this one here, he's worthy. He's worthy. Isn't that beautiful? It was just so beautiful that she would go and, and, and most probably had to go and sell things, you know, to bring something and waste it in a moment. But then we have, in the same story, we have our beautiful brother Judas. <laughs> and Judas goes and says, what, what happened here? She took that, which is so expensive. We could have sold that perfume. We could have used that money. We could have given it to the poor. <sighs> Sounded like such a, the right thing to do in that moment. But what is the difference between Judas and Mary? You see, Mary wasn't in it for herself. Judas walked with Jesus, but he was filled with selfish ambition. In the country, the word says that he was a thief. He stole money. <laughs> He stole money. Um, it's interesting that when Jesus, when um, Judas actually um, went and uh, brought the, the guards uh, to Jesus, he gave a kiss. Now, often, you know, that, that is how a heart looks that, that is compromised, you know. Intimacy, you want intimacy, but you want the benefit of it. You don't want commitment, but you want intimacy. I think often we approach the Lord like that. Like, you know, God, thank you, you love me. And we go on with our own lives. But Mary (laughs) devoted herself. Also interesting, um, if you look at the resurrection, who was there first at the grave? Do you guys know? Mary. With, obviously, the mom, Mary, the mother. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus is dead, and in their heads, he's still in the grave. And yet, she still showed up. Oh, that's so beautiful. Anyways, for me, that's so beautiful. Maybe, I'm not sure if it's beautiful to you guys, but it's beautiful to me. <laughs> what I want to say this morning is this invitation, if we see how Mary responded, she saw the worth of Jesus, that each one of you in this room are not just called to live your lives 
but you're called to live your lives in light of His worthiness. You're called to live your lives in light that He is worthy. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. And I want to end off with this. How do we respond? What is our posture? Like, how do we respond to a God that is worthy? How do we respond? What is, what is you know, how do, what do we do? Now, if you look at the scene in heaven, if you go back to Revelation 4, what did the, the elders do? They say they cast their crowns before Him. Those crowns, those our accomplishments, those things that give us significance, you know, those things that, that give us worth and identity, our, our rewards, they took all of that in, in light of who Jesus was, and they threw it down before Him. They went low. If you look at Job, what did he do? He fell on the ground and he worshipped God. He went low. What did Mary do? What did Mary do? Huh? She went low. Where I come from is a guy called Andrew Murray in Wellington. And he says the following. He says, humility is the displacement of self by the enthronement of God. In light of his worthiness, the only response that makes sense is to go low. It's to go low. It's not about you. <laughs> it's not about us. It's about him. It's about his glory. May we not be a people that just hold on to a little bit of glory, you know? Oh, I just want I want I just want a little bit of recognition and a little bit of of this glory. Oh man, he deserves everything. And you're called to go low before him in light of his worthiness. I'm not speaking about a religious humility. You know what I mean? I'm speaking about when we know him. The, 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 this is supposed to be almost a natural response in our hearts when we see him. When we see him. Amen? You can quickly close your eyes. I've, I've realized in my own life, you know, often without me noticing, pride stands up in my heart. And then with Emma, it was a stage that I would go for a lot of walks with her in the, in the pram. And it was still like the early months. So it's still the, the car seat, you know, when she needs to lay back. She can't sit up upright. But then she started developing a strength in her, in her neck and in her arms. And after a couple of months, we, we start seeing Emma trying to lift herself up in this chair and fighting the, this, the belt that we put around her, you know. And, and there's always this fight between us because she, she desires to sit up. <laughs> and often pride is like that, you know. It creeps in. We need to stand. We need to, you know. Like, God, I worship you, but this and this and this. You see, pride and selfish ambition are best friends. God, and I'm just asking with Holy Spirit, would you come and search our hearts if there's anything that we've placed higher than you, Jesus, higher than what you're supposed to be in our hearts, would you come and show us? Jesus, would you come and show us? Holy Spirit, may we not walk out of here um, with, with those things still, you know, holding it close to our hearts. Lord, we don't want to do that. We want to give you everything, Jesus. I want to give you everything this morning.
that which you deserve. All our hearts, <laughs> all our hearts, Lord, every area we want to give to you, Jesus. We want to give to you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. In, uh, worship is very connected to our posture. <laughs> and it's us becoming nothing and him becoming everything. You know, he became nothing on, um, by dying on a cross for us. Who are we to think that we don't have to do that in the sense of go low? Jesus, would you help us? Would you help us? If you can quickly stand up.